welcome us again to the rise of the Cordyceps Infected, a one, Last of Us podcast based off the HBO television series Last of Us, which is based off of the video game by Naughty Dog, The Last of Us. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. Actually, he's not here. Where I screwed that up. In the state yeah. of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Good, good. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you? Doing good. Excellent. And in the province of Alberta, Canada. Hey, it's uh, Sean, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Excellent, excellent. All right. So let's see here. So for folks who are new to the podcast... Uh, what we do here is we basically uh, review each episode of the television series on HBO Max. And the thing I want to say first, before we get into house cleaning stuff, is thank you very much to the listeners, because this podcast has exploded on the uh, podcast network sites like Apple and Stitcher and all that. Um, and the way we know that, is not only based off of uh, downloads and whatnot, but what happens is is this podcast is found at three spots. The first place you can find it at www.darkdiscussions.com, the website itself, where you can listen and download it. The second place is you can listen to it through Dark Discussions Podcast, which is a feed for the main podcast for the Dark Discussions News Network, because we always put this podcast on that feed as well, because the co-hosts that you hear on this podcast participate in the Dark Discussions Podcast and the various spinoffs um, that are, happen to be on that feed. But the third spot you can find this podcast is on The Rise of the Cordyceps Infected, a HBO Last of Us podcast. And when that was not promoted by us, and we just put it out there as a feed, because that's a podcast, just throw it out there, when hundreds of people just start uh, subscribing to it, Specifically that one, because we always get the Dark Discussions podcast feed people because they're already subscribing to us. And so they obviously get to listen to this podcast there. But when people just go out and search for Last of Us and they find us, no pun intended. I'm very disappointed. It is, it, it is pretty impressive <laughs> uh, that... that New listeners, people that have nothing to do or know nothing about the Dark Discussions News Network, went out and found us because they want to hear the discussion on this television series. Now, retention is a different story. We have no idea. You know, we've only had the two episodes, the five-minute intro, and then episode one of the podcast. This is the second real episode of the podcast, so we'll know going forward – as we if we grow and if we keep the the, the folks, uh, so uh, either way, just a thank you for finding us, and we do hope you stay and continue to listen to us discuss this television series uh, for the next few weeks. And now, Phil's absolutely right. The, the retention is important, especially when you look at TV series. They look at that. How much do the 
Ratings drop off. For example, the hottest apparently TV show, new TV show on streaming services is weirdly enough, Night Court. Um, had 10 million people watch the first episode and then 8 million watch the second. That's like an 80%, not like, that is an 80% retention rate. And that is like very high for a TV show. I, I don't understand. I would not have expected that for Night Court. <laughs> well, and that's like NFL numbers, right? If you're getting 10 million viewers in this day and age. Yeah. So that's that's just, I, I find it weird because, I mean, I watched that show when it was originally on in the 80s. And I love that show when it was originally on the 80s, but I feel like shows like the, well, the Cosby show, maybe not for the right reasons, but Cheers and some of the other shows from that era, Seinfeld, obviously, um, were better remembered. And like, I was kind of surprised by that. But that's not what this show is about. This show is about The Last of Us. I'll be very curious to see how, and I know The Last of Us exploded on HBO. That did really well. I'll be curious to see how its retention numbers are on the second week. I imagine very high. Indeed. And uh, we are here to talk about the second episode of The Last of Us, a television series on HBO Max. Uh, a couple of house cleaning first is uh, who are we, those who have stumbled upon us? Uh, we are part of uh, the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. And that is a website that has numerous podcasts that we host, including um, Dark Discussions Podcast, which is the original podcast that is now maybe 11, 12 years old, uh, which is kind of disgusting because it's over a decade. Imagine that. That's crazy. And uh, so we're, <laughs> we're, we're like one of the original horror podcasts way back when it all started. Um, what we do, Barrett summed it up perfectly on an episode of uh, another podcast that we do, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, which is the Dark Discussions podcast is generally horror movies that we talk about, though there's exceptions. Sometimes we do thrillers and things like that. And uh, we do that one weekly, just like this one. And that's gone weekly for, like I just mentioned, 11, 12, 13 years, something like that. And we talk about all sorts of movies from the big Hollywood films that you you uh, see at the theaters uh, or small independent features that just happen to have like a handful of viewers on Netflix. And uh, so you can follow us um, there if you like us here. You may want to hear us on other podcasts. Um, also, darkdiscussions.com. Uh, we have a email, which is darkdiscussions at AOL.com. And again, people say, AOL? Why not Google Mail or something? Well, again, we've been around for years, like a lot of years. So, uh, yeah, well, it, it, was, it, was, it was out of date even then. <laughs> it was. It was. However, uh, there's a problem with browsers. You can't have all your Google emails open at the same time unless you have, use Chrome or Edge or one of the other ones. So rather than having that log out and log back on and log out and log back on, why not just create an AOL.com email for dark discussions at AOL.com? So that means I can leave AOL open as well as my Google mail and Yahoo mail and Microsoft mail and all that other crap. So we have that email. And you can also email us through the website, darkdiscussions.com. There's a, a contact us menu choice. It's at the top of every page. Uh, just press contact us. It opens up an email box, and you can email us that way as well. Now, if you type in Last of Us or Cordyceps or Mushrooms or something like that, 
in the subject will know the email specifically for this podcast here, and we will read your email on the podcast. Now, it's surprising we haven't got any emails yet because, again, the the I guess the the huge turnout to listen to this podcast was not necessarily surprising, but it was much larger than expected. So we know you're all out there. So send your emails in. Let us know your feelings about uh, the video game, the TV series, us, um, the network, the Dark Discussions News Network, anything related to um, us and, and, and the show. Now, um, Sean, there is something else on www.darkdiscussions.com. What is that? Yes, what you can do is on there, you can uh, click on the old Patreon button, and that will take you to Patreon, which gives you an opportunity to financially support the podcast. Uh, the podcast itself is released to everyone for free. However, there is a ton of costs to keep the website and all that other fun stuff going behind the scenes. So if there's uh, any funds that you're able to um, donate each month, of course, that would be very much appreciated. And for every $5 that you donate each month, you get to pick a movie, and then that movie will go into a draw every quarter that will then allow – get pulled, and it uh, will then be done as a review either for the Dark Discussion's main feed or for one of the sister podcasts, depending on what genre or where it falls. Um, but again, it's a way for us you know, for, to support the podcast and keep things going. Because, uh, as we know, the costs are not going down for stuff. So anything you can donate, even if it's just a dollar or whatever a month, like anything counts, and it's appreciated. And thank you for your support to get us to this point. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, that's why I, I let off um, thanking everybody. Uh, because, again, when you search and find us without even knowing dark discussions, uh, that means that um, we're doing something right. Oh, no. hell, you spelled cordyceps correctly, so thanks for doing that, too. And you know what? I will never, ever spell it wrong again. I'm so used to spelling it now. It's, <laughs> it's true. It's true. I can do it in my sleep. Uh, now, uh, some uh, background about Last of Us. Last of Us is a post-apocalypse drama television series, or possibly horror, if you prefer. Uh, it is uh, created with two showrunners, Craig Mazin, who uh, is most, most notable for the HBO series Chernobyl, and then Neil Druckmann, which is one of the co-creators of The Last of Us. Uh, the Last of Us is a video game only on PlayStation, though Mike mentioned uh, in our prior episode that it is coming to PlayStation in a few months from now. Not PlayStation. Is it already there? <laughs> I meant I meant PC. Yes, thank you. Uh, so uh, you'll be able to find it there. But if you're Xbox, unfortunately, you won't be able to get it. But you can play Halo. Uh, the <laughs> Last of Us is by Naughty Dog. That's the company. And it stars Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey as the two main leads. Uh, theme music is by composer Gustavo Santeolala. And he is, an, I think, two-time Academy Award winner uh, for a couple of movies. And the music for the game is actually the, the lead into the show each episode during the, during the credits. And it's a fabulous music. Um so far, two episodes have come out. Uh, the 
and we do have uh, viewership. Uh, now, the viewership is only for live, meaning the moment it starts on HBO, nine o'clock at least Eastern Standard Time in the uh, uh, you know in the world, and anybody who picks it up in that hour time frame. That doesn't include all the people who watch it the next day and whatnot. So the the numbers are what they are. But we do have uh, When You're Lost in the Darkness, which was episode one, that had only 588,000 viewers during its live um, release. Uh, number, episode two, which is what we're going to talk about tonight, uh, directed by Neil Druckmann, one of the co-creators, and written by Craig Mazin, one of the co-creators, uh, infected was uh, 633,000 viewers, uh, and that aired on January 22nd, 2023. We are recording this on January 24th, 2023, and have uh, the episode released uh, most likely tomorrow uh, which is January 25th, 2023. Um, that's pretty much, I think, all we got for, I guess, house cleaning and setting up and whatnot. So I guess we can get into our opinion on the episode. Uh, again, we're going to spoil everything because we're assuming everybody who has come and found us and listens to us has already watched the show. And the show is pretty much following the game pretty, pretty solidly. Uh, me and Sean will talk about that in a little bit uh, because we've been uh, watching uh, a game run of it on YouTube. And um, so if you're here to not hear spoilers, forget about it, because uh, we're not here just to review. We're here to critique and dissect. Well, uh, we should be clear. Saw. You're not going to spoil anything beyond this episode. Yeah, well, you know, you never know. Uh, me and Sean. No, you, know you shouldn't, because not everybody here has played the game. Right. That's or true. watching That's the true. video. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, the, exactly. Exactly. Because you can find on YouTube uh, many uh, runs of the of the video game. They're usually six to eight hours uh, where you can basically watch it like a movie. And and to be honest, the, the video game is very uh, cinematic. So it makes sense that this would the show would would actually be an excellent um, show for uh, a TV um, series because of, of how cinematic the video game or the source material, if you prefer, is. So uh, let's go around and give our review of this episode, episode two, Infected. Uh, so let's start with you, Mike. Uh, I liked it. The first thing I thought of at the opening of the uh, the show was, because uh, they start off in Jakarta, had before the pandemic. And so my first thought was, Ooh, maybe they're going to be doing like a world war Z thing and hopping around to see how the outbreak began in each part of the world or different parts of the world handled it. And my second thought is, Ooh, Phil's probably going to really like that because he gets more of his pre-apocalyptic stuff that Absolutely. he loved as much as Taylor Swift. So um, I'm wearing a Taylor Swift shirt right now. As a matter of fact. But I like that. I, and I like this episode a little bit more uh, than the last one. Like I said, the last one I found, it was all set up, didn't have a whole lot of payoff at the end. Um, and hadn't really been doing anything to separate itself from many other post-apocalypse uh, zombie stories. Um, or or post-apocalypse whatever stories, because there's a lot of variety in that, too. Uh, you know, things like... Um, 
um, a quiet place, right? So um, it wasn't bad by any means, but I just hadn't seen anything uh, like Starling original. And I don't necessarily know I saw anything completely original here, but I, I liked, you know, you got the horror movie part of it finally here, um, where you have them exploring the outside part of the city and you finally get to see the more full-blown uh, zombies or whatever you infected or whatever you'd like to call them. So uh, I thought that was good. I thought that design was good. I thought the use of the setting was good. Um, and the ending, well, I, I know what the story is about. Uh, I know it's about two people wandering through the wasteland. And I know we started with three people. So I was pretty sure not everybody was going to make it. Um, so that wasn't a surprise. But how they did it, I thought was good and effective and creepy. So, yeah, I like this. I think this was uh, better than the last episode. And I, and. Uh, stands out pretty well on its own and, and had plenty of uh, little chills. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's go with you, uh, Sean. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. I thought, uh, again, the cold open sequence was probably the most um, disturbing part in a very good way because it just led to the seriousness of everything. Um Overall, the episode, I thought, had a good flow and pacing to it. And, uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. And uh, you can see little changes here and there between this and the game. But I don't find, to me, I haven't found anything that's egregious or would piss people off that were purists for the game. So, All right. Sounds good, Sean. Uh, yeah, for me, um, well... Um, I, I would concur with Mike. This was a much better episode than the first episode. Um, it was a really good episode. Uh, I would concur with, with Sean uh, about the, the opening uh, in Jakarta. Uh, it was really, really good. I have some things to talk about that um, and, and the impact of what one of the characters says in that cold open uh, and what that would mean. So we'll talk about that later after uh, our reviews. Um, for me, um, I live in the New England area, as, as I mentioned, Phil from New Hampshire. So in New England, Boston is the big city. So even if you're not in Massachusetts or in Boston, you're a lot, in most cases, a Bostonian. I have a, a very thick Boston accent anyway. So, and, and though I never, lived in Boston. I, I lived pretty much outside the city, 30 or 50 miles at the most um, my entire life. Um, and Boston, I have gone to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Uh, that's where I went to go for uh, museums, uh, trips, day trips, uh, where I got all my phone numbers uh, when I was single and looking. And uh, so I have to say, Based off of what I saw in this episode, I was going to be a little biased, and and they they hit Boston spot on as a post-apocalypse. Um, it's actually even better than the video game version. Uh, they use the the correct terms. They don't call it the Capitol Building. They call it the Capitol Building in the video game in Massachusetts. And in Boston, you don't call it the Capitol building. You call it the State House. And this game hits it perfectly. So the, these people really, who are following, who made this game, uh, uh, not the game, but but the show, are, are spot on. They did their research. Um, they they showed 
um, the old uh, state house. They showed the custom house. They sh- the, there was only one thing that was fake uh, that I saw in Boston was when they were heading to the actual new state house. What is the state house today? Um, that that road does not exist in the video game. They actually it's better because they they actually come out of the Park Street T station. T meaning the subway in Boston. They call it the T. They don't call it the subway or the metro. And they pop up and they walk right up to the state house because it's right. Park Street is right on Boston Common, which is the giant park in the city. And on the north side, I believe it's the north side, is where the state house is. And though they they changed it a little bit, that was the only thing in this episode that was not Boston. Now, the funny thing is, I think Sean actually might be closer to Boston than you are. Sean. Closer to Boston than me. I don't get it, Mike. Well, I'm pretty sure this this Boston is located in Canada. Oh, you're absolutely right, because this whole show is filmed in Canada. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Well played, Mike. Well played. Excellent. Um, they, they, this episode also has um, things pulled right from the video game, including uh, the the plank that they cross over and, and even the, the, the comments. Um, where you got to love the view and all this other stuff. Uh, so it pays complete tribute to the video game. So the video game fans are going are gonna to pretty much love this, except for maybe the ending. They changed the ending in the episode uh, from the video game. Um, but uh, the, as Mike mentioned, this, this is the horror that we were expecting, and, and um, the creature effects were fantastic. Um they're finally making the characters sympathetic in the video game. Uh, the characters are, are much nicer to each other. While in this show, up to, I guess, the first episode and half of this episode, the characters are, are just dinks. And, but by the end of the episode, they're, they're, they're buddies, and, and that's how um, uh, the video game plays it, and the show does it finally, too, which, which is really good. So uh, yeah, I recommend the show. This episode was really good. Uh, I, I think Mike Mike sums it up pretty well. Uh, let's go view Barrett. Yeah, I uh, really like this episode as well. Um, it was it definitely had good pacing, great acting, great world building. Um, just a lot of the sights that you see in this just give you a good feeling for what you're going to see throughout this series. Um, and the cold open, definitely awesome. Loved it. I love seeing the pre-pandemic type stuff going on and uh, what's happening with that. Something you don't get a lot of in a lot of zombie shows. You usually just start in the – there's lots of them. Um, so that's kind of nice to see all of that. And uh, there's one part I'm sad about in the episode, but you know we'll get to that later. All right, sounds good. So uh, it seems like we all uh, thought this episode was pretty solid. Um, some of us maybe a little um, hyperbolic, uh, meaning me, because again, this is Boston, so this is freaking awesome for me because this is my this is my hometown. This is it. This is the best. So once they leave Boston, I'll probably be a little sad. Um, so uh, we don't have we don't do IMDb or wikis here because. It ain't a movie. So uh, I guess we how we do it here. Um, since there really is nothing that we do compare – like in the movie episodes like Dark Discussions and Halloween Boutique, Psychotronic Views and Cinema a la carte on the podcast that we do, 
we have a spoiler section, and then uh, prior to that, we talk about general stuff that don't spoil. But again, since we're here talking about TV show, and we're assuming everybody has watched it, we're going to just go right in. We're going to talk about everything and anything. We talk about spoilers. We talk about everything that we've seen on, on, on the show. We may compare some of the stuff to the game, as, as uh, Sean and myself have uh, watched on the YouTube and uh, whatnot. So uh, I guess we can start. Uh, all right, where do we want to go? Where do we want to go? Who wants to start? What do we Let's have to do? Let's do the cold, cold opening. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Jakarta. All right. That's a really good point. I forgot about that. So Jakarta, I did some research. Jakarta is, is as uh, mentioned in the first episode, is the capital of Indonesia. I'm a, a freak when it comes to geography. I can literally draw the entire world with international borders from my, my mind. Just give me a piece of paper and I can do it. People think I'm weird. And I've actually... Um, Got in many dates by doing that for for girls because they didn't believe me and on on like bar napkins. But the thing is, is Jakarta. It, first of all, Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world. Okay, and everybody doesn't know that because everybody thinks it's it's you know uh, Middle East or whatever, but that's not true. So the thing about Indonesia is it's a strange country because even though it's like. India or China in the sense that there's, even though they're Indonesians, they aren't really all the same people because they're, it's like dozens of islands. And so the people are all different and stuff, but somehow they, they've been able to unite the country and they were a dictatorship for years. And when they tossed his ass out, they became a, a republic and they've had some issues. Um, the, and, and part of it, like uh, East Timor was able to finally get their independence because they were illegally taken over during the dictatorship. And what happens is, is that Jakarta, over the years, at least the last 10 years, 15 years or so, originally it used to be Sao Paulo of Brazil, which was huge, the biggest uh, city in the world. And then it switched to Mexico City. And then it switched suddenly all these Asian um cities suddenly became the biggest number one if you include the urban area around it so not just the city but all the little teeny cities around the big city tokyo is the biggest and that's like 39 million jakarta if you include the urban area around the, the, the nation i mean around the city is there is also 39 million but just below tokyo as a city, it's the 30th largest, which is 13 million. But again, with all the little teeny cities around it, for example, Boston, since we're in Boston, the city of Boston is only half a million people, 500,000. But if you include Cambridge and Melrose and Malden and all these other cities around Boston, these little titty, small cities, Boston is like 1.5 million people. So... If you take Jakarta, which is 13 million, and then all the little cities around it, which is like 30 miles radius on each side of the city, north, south, east, and west, it is the second most densely populated area in the entire fucking world. With that stated, Sean, take it over and tell us what we saw and what, what this implication means if it's the second largest area of population in the entire world. Like you said, it's, a, it's the fucking world, so there's a lot of fucking going on. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Especially in Jakarta. Absolutely. Mike. Well played. Well played. So you pulled up the stat about it being the second largest urban center. Uh, you mentioned, I don't know if you caught the stuff after, where they were ta- on the podcast uh, with Craig Mason and, uh, you know, uh, sorry, I can't think of his last name. Anyways, uh, they were talking about... Truckman, uh, Truckman. Truckman, yeah, sorry. Uh, they were talking about the what happens is that basically it's revealed that the uh, they have based the cordyceps have basically like used flour and grain, yeah, and grain to oh, spread and oats too. I think they said oats and, too. yeah. So yeah. it's and basically what they said is that the the place the the, the uh, place where the actual outbreak is first realized is the second largest uh, producer in the world for, uh, for all that kind of stuff. So they're like trying to really hit home that they are, you know, basically the humans will be fucked (laughs) because no one realizes in the food and that was so. Anyways, we'll go to what actually happens. There's the mycologist is um, having lunch, and the military basically comes and finds her, and she's worried about like what's going on, and you know she did she commit a crime or something, and they basically say no, and then they start to explain about the situation that at a uh, factory whatever that. A woman had bitten three people, had been locked in a bathroom, and then when the police came to subdue her, they ended up having to shoot her in the head. And then what happened is they asked the mycologist to take a look at the sample that they've taken, and she says cordyceps, but she's they say, well, this is from a human body, and she's like, no, that's not possible. They can't survive in a human body. And then they take her to the actual victim and you have the situation where she's doing her, you know, attempting to do the autopsy and dissection stuff. And she like slits the part in the leg where there's the bite. And you see that like the fungus is like below. There isn't blood or anything anymore. It's the fungus. And then she goes and she is checking the mouth and then she pulls out one of those stinger things. I just call it a stinger, I guess. Um, and it starts like feeling her or like sensing her. So it starts like flapping around and she like drops it and runs out of the room. And then basically immediately, the, immediately. <laughs> and then the military guy is like, basically like, what do we do? Do you have a medicine? Do you have a vaccine? Like we need to stop this. And she just basically says, there's nothing. The, the yeah. answer is bomb. Yeah, bomb, bomb the, the whole city. city. <laughs> bomb everyone. And then asks to be taken home so she can die with her family. Right. Yeah, so, so a couple things here that are interesting. First off, in the United States, I'm not sure about Canada, but in the United States, Idaho is the number one wheat state in the country. And Idaho, Idaho had Idaho has no people. I mean, it's, it's a very sparsely populated state, similar to the state I live in, New Hampshire. And here in Indonesia, Jakarta, wherever they make their wheat, you know, grow their wheat, they bring it all to Jakarta. 
And Jakarta, as I mentioned, is the second largest urban center in the entire world, which is surprising. It'll probably be number one soon because as as recently in the news in the past two weeks, Japan is is like flipping out that their population is dropping. Kind of. Yeah, just a, just just a little bit. They're just uh, flipping out just a little bit. And so what Sean said is, yeah, I mean, if if this woman the 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 best line of that whole five minutes was when she says, "What do you want from me?" and 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 the military guy goes, "Well, you're here because we need you to give us the answer." Yeah. What to right. do? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So it's like nothing. It's like okay, that we're doomed, right? And her answer is, yeah, you're just gonna bomb the whole fucking city, like nuke it. You know, you know, you got you got you got to do daisy cutters and 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 fire bombs. You know, like they did in Poland and uh, Warsaw in World War Two. And know? not only that, we're included in that. We're included in that. We don't yeah. get away. We have to die too because right. we could be infected. Right, exactly. So, so she's basically telling them, the military people, we're dead. Meaning, you have to kill us dead. too. We're all done. And, and then, the thing, I like this, and I mentioned this to you, Sean, offline. Was thank God they didn't blame the West. They, if they were going to make this get, this show and they say where the whole problem started, at least it wasn't. In in Europe or the United States or well, Canada. but that's kind of I mean they do always blame Asia for some of these plagues too. So I don't know. <laughs> well, that is where a lot of I mean stuff comes, comes out. Yes, right now. Now <laughs> that said, uh, I think the Spanish flu originally came out of like Kansas or Missouri. Uh, yeah, so, one of those so, states. Uh, so it, it's not all, and that's certainly the worst plague I think we had in the last. Uh, uh, century plus, uh, give or take a few years. So it's not all of them, but it's it is much more likely to evolve in hot climates. Yeah. Um, and honestly, conditions just because of the the state of some of the countries there are are going to be more likely to foster those kind of infections, um, especially with that much of a density of population. And then with that kind of density, also helps, right? You know, if, uh, if this right, if this outbreak happened in Montana. Uh, nobody would give a shit. I mean, right. Well, and, and also, and... right, right, or Idaho, which I just mentioned, right? And right. and and the thing is, is that Jakarta is pretty close to the the equator, so it makes sense that it would be a perfect spot for it to occur. Because again, you know, what, you know, we could say Japan or China or Korea if we wanted to use other Asian countries. They they have they have winters. Those, you know, everybody forgets that that Japan, China, and Korea have winters just like we do here in the United States or, or Europe. So Jakarta is perfect because it's similar to like Colombia or Panama in the New World, which is always warm. It's always hot, you know, and and so it it makes sense completely because if you leave Jakarta, you you're, you're literally going into jungles. So it's 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 kind of a perfect spot to choose for um, an outbreak. And it also is kind of original too. You know, they could have used India or Pakistan or something like that, yep. but, but they decided to go with a, a, a another huge country because again, Indonesia is fucking huge. It's like one of the most populated countries in the world. And the other thing, and yet it's not, people don't think of it as much as say Pakistan or, or India, but go on, Sean. 
Yeah, because I think this is, and you can correct me on this, but I think in the game, isn't it, they say that it's Mexico, Central America, South America where it originated from? Or at least that's what's kind of like hinted at? Right, right. So and, and, that, and that makes sense because, again, it's the same same climate, yeah. right? So it's the sub, your subtropical tropical stuff. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, the one thing I, I didn't mention when we, when she's talking to the guy, the military guy, and she's trying to find out. So the woman got bit, and they don't know who bit her. She bit three people, and there's and one, 14 employees that are missing. Right. And that's right. when she's just like, basically, yeah, they're, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Right, we're fucked. Right. Yeah. 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 I think if they weren't missing, maybe there was a chance, but no, yeah. Once they yeah. were missing, it was like all over. <laughs> right. Because right. they don't know who bit her in the first place. <laughs> right. So who knows how many people. Now, I've, I've always said that people are really good at killing things. Um, I think there's only so far as infection like that would spread once people were aware and alert. Uh, but you can get a whole lot of damage done in the interim. Um, and I'll repeat what I said last week. There's a reason why we do not have. Obviously, we have fungicides, right, if you have athlete's foot or a yeast infection or something. But we don't have uh, treatments for cordyceps, in part because we don't get infected by cordyceps. And the 1968 preview of the last episode basically yeah. explained that. Yeah. Well, they just say there's no cure. I don't think that means, you know, it shouldn't be meant to take that. There's no way to ever cure it, but it's just we would be so far behind the ball. And right. I'm going to assume that this... it makes no sense to cure it. Exactly. And this isn't a thing where it's going to develop slowly. I mean, you look at, sadly, what we went through with COVID, right? And it, we went from nobody having heard of it uh, on November 1st, 2019, to uh, pretty much everybody shutting down by Friday the 13th. Of March, right, 2020. So that was really a four and a half month time span. And that is not going to be enough time to probably develop something. And fungi are more closely related to animals than bacteria or plants are. And so their biochemistry is more similar. One of the reasons most of our antibiotics work, which I should point out, our first antibiotics came from penicillin, which is a fungus. But the Antibiotics affect the cell wall of bacteria. We don't have cell walls, so we're fine. Fungi have cell walls, but they're a different chemical composition than what you get in either plants or bacteria. So the antibiotics don't affect them most of the time either. So, but it would be more problematic finding something that would kill the bacteria, the, the, the fungi's uh, biochemistry off without also hurting us. So, um, that would that would make it a little slower, and I don't think you can develop something like that in four months, twenty years, thirty years, probably. If you have a fully running lab and you know you all your resources and everything, which obviously they do not have here in uh, Last of Us in twenty twenty three. Right, right. And, and and it makes sense because again, you know why? why and and Sean will appreciate this. Because Sean is a huge Office fan, as I am. The rabies episode. Oh, God. Right? It's like, like, why are we having a race to cure rabies when rabies isn't a pandemic? Right? And, and, and so why would anybody research and do research on preventing cordyceps from 
infecting human beings because it, it doesn't Unless you're doing biological weapons. Right, right, exactly. And, and it's probably well, cheaper the, to use bacteria or viruses or, or even, even prions than, than it would be to do cordyceps. So, and with rabies now anyway, they can if you catch it soon enough, they can give you those shots and you're good to go anyway. So right. and, and I had to spend $12,000 on my whole family for, for rabies shots because we had a bat in my house and my wife said we have to get shots. And it's like, no one got oh, bit. God. You don't no, know, we could have been sleeping and got bit. And it's like, God damn <laughs> no. it. And so I literally saw $12,000 of my money go flush down the toilet. The wow, it cost that much. Oh, oh my God. Dude, dude, each person's 3000 bucks. Holy crap! Yep. Insurance doesn't pay for any of that. Uh, not. No, I think. No, I think it's time to pick and choose who gets the vaccine. <laughs> well, and that's what my wife said. She goes, "If you don't want to get the vaccine, you, it's, it's up to you." And it's like, God damn it! Now, now well, the problem with well, rabies is uh, is fatal. It, here, I mean, it's not yeah. like COVID fatal. It's not like bubonic plague fatal. It is. It's like yeah, the, the it's, brain-eating bacteria fatal. Yeah, right. Once it sets in, you're guaranteed. Like Ebola kills between 10 and 30% of the people infected. Rabies will hit 100% if you give it a chance. It takes about a month to, to take hold, which is why you get that time to get the, the uh, vaccine. Right. Um, and so it's not like a zombie film where you get bit by the dog and immediately you're, you're, you're dead. But once symptoms start, uh, the, the, the scientific term is fucked. Um, and so, um, yeah, I understand playing it safe there, but it's not easily transmissible. You're not going to, you know, so I, you would probably notice a bat bite. The bat's not just going to nuzzle up to you and give you a little nibble in an area that you can't see. And, and like a dumbass, I let the bat go free. And, and the doctor said, oh, oh, if you had just kept the bat, we would have killed it and checked to see if it had rabies and you would have saved for yeah. this $12,000. Yeah, but like, you saved the bat's yeah. life, my, 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 I love animals and I, and I wasted 12000 to save its life. God damn it. You know? And then my <laughs> so wife the plugs thing- it in by saying that person in Indiana got, uh, didn't, uh, got bit by a bat and decided not to get a rabies test and he died of rabies a, a month later and it's like, God damn it. Oh, anyway, this this, <laughs> this sounds like the mother and the Goldbergs. You always had the story about someone that they may have known or not known who suffered some t- terrible tragedy that never actually happened, but you can't take a chance. Yeah, that's my wife. So, um, but I was going to say one show. other thing yeah, I want to throw in was: Did do you guys catch the SARS posters? No, in, in Indonesia. Yep. Oh no, I did not. Yeah, when they're walking through the building, they have the SARS posters because 2003, early 2003, remember? The first quarter, yeah, yeah, it was the SARS. SARS. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny about that, and, and it's not related. It's it's kind of related. But in 2009, uh, I got married, and we were supposed to go to Mexico for our honeymoon. And Mexico suddenly got the, the swine flu. And so that was next. My wife said, no, we ain't going there. And so we went to St. Kitts instead of St. Kitts (laughs) and Nevis, which is fine. That was great. I mean, that that was a fantastic uh, location to go. But unfortunately, yeah, these things happen. And it's like, what do you do? You know, and and SARS was was one of the big ones, like swine flu back in the the 2000s, right? I mean, there was a bunch of them. And they kind of just faded out. For some reason, while COVID did not, and you know, it is what it is. Um, 
So well, let that be a lesson to you, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere near Phil. <laughs> because he attracts plague and disease. No, 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 it's actually my wife. She's the one that 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 I think. I think. She's oh, near you. Throw, so throwing the wife under the bus. You oh, always man. you always blame the person that's not here. My wife's upstairs, so I can blame her. <laughs> <laughs> always, always blame someone else. Um, so let's get back to the show. So yeah, this is a really good cold opening. I, I text Sean. And I said, "Oh my God, Sean, this is unbelievable!" And Sean goes, "I'm still watching the San Francisco." I'm watching the Forty Daughters game. Yeah, well, well, I don't care about this, Phil. What the hell? Get away from me! And it's like, "Oh, sorry, man." But, but then he texts me, "Oh yeah, that was a great open." Um, and it is not part of the game. This is not part of the game. As, as no, Sean this is all new stuff. Yeah, this, as Sean mentioned this game kind of alludes to Mexico or Panama or Colombia or somewhere somewhere in, in South or Central America, um, but. This this was, a, this was a really good opening. So far, I think both openings, except for that little flaw about the climate change thing that you mentioned, Mike, from episode one, the two openings of each episode have been fantastic. That was just a, a momentary eye roll. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah, what I meant. It's, um, yeah. And by the way, I mentioned the book World War Z, uh, which was written by Max Brooks, son of Mel, uh, which is written as a, a series of journals um, of things that were going on in the world uh, at, as there's a zombie outbreak. You know, it's a more traditional zombie outbreak. It was a good I, movie, too. And it was made into a movie. The First movie time I ever met you, Mike. First time yeah, I ever met you. I did a podcast episode on it. Yeah, yeah, right. It was completely different from the book, though. So my yes. point is, if you can, if those scenes, that like, you, like that scene in Jakarta is something that you like, I strongly recommend you try reading World War Z because it goes from the beginning to the nominal end of the outbreak, you know, but like the first third is really looking at how it like starts in different countries, whether like China and Indonesia and, and, and India. Um, and, and so it's, it's a, it's a really good zombie book. If you're, so that book in was that. written for me. Mike. It could have been, I mean, it's not only in the beginning. I mean, the problem with yeah, your yeah. fascination with the beginning of these outbreaks is as we've seen, um, Again, with with the COVID outbreak, uh, the beginning doesn't last very long. It's just right, right, right. It, everything tips over, you know, pretty quickly uh, once it goes. Uh, one thing part, I, I do want to the best part. I, I, I do want to point out um, the there's a YouTube channel, Heavy Spoilers, uh, and they came up with a theory and on from the last episode that it was being spread by, by grain because this is a way that fungal infections can spread. And if you look up the uh, ergot, E-R-G-O-T, fungus, which caused, uh, I think it was in the 60s or 70s, people who had eaten it off of bread and grain and went a little haywire because uh, it's a, a psychedelic. Um, and they think that it may have been what caused the uh, weird behavior in Salem, which yep. caused the Salem witch trials. Uh, right. But they point out that uh, if you remember, Joel was supposed to uh, have pancakes or waffles for breakfast. Yep. And he didn't. Ended up eating bacon and eggs. So protein. The cookies not, they didn't have that. Ooh, that's a nice great. little Easter egg there. Yeah, yeah. Did, did not then, eat the grains. He mentioned he went he's with on the, the proteins diet. So right? he had the, the prions instead. The and yeah. they and they and they didn't have the birthday cake. Right. They said we're going to have the birthday cake tomorrow. So we there's all these it, little yeah. Easter yeah. eggs in there. So if you go back and watch that episode uh so so full credit to them i wish i could take credit for that uh yeah. but i i'm not a, a you did a red a, bow a and red 
You did a Red Bull right. and Reddit. So, um, yeah. so no, I full credit to to, uh, to Heavy Spoilers or whoever it was there or wherever they got it from. I think Eric Voss said it from uh, New Rockstars. Uh, could have been there, too. Um, so, because right. I, right. I know another well, channel also yeah, picked up on a it. A couple from of them, them. Up, right? So right. whoever it was that originally said it doesn't matter. It's, I want to point out somebody figured it out. And so if you go back and rewatch that first episode and well, pay attention to the amount of times that the main cast does not eat grain. Right. I want to make a, a, a really interesting point. I'm, I'm a huge cook. As, as uh, I mentioned in a, another podcast that we did, um, Mike posted once uh, this, this Facebook thing where 20 questions about yourself. And one of them was your favorite hobby. And Mike wrote, podcasting and i took his questions and put it posted on my own facebook and, I, and my number one hobby was cooking and i cook a lot and the thing is i noticed and it's a really unfortunate thing moths moths suck okay yes they do and, yeah yes <laughs> and and these little fuckers they basically the little caterpillars they're, and they're gross because they look like grubs they pop up everywhere and every so often, I have to throw out food because those motherfuckers somehow got into my uh, rice or my flour or my barley or whatever, you know, because I have hundreds of ingredients. I have every spice, every ingredient, you name it, I have it because I cook all the time. I do all the cooking in the house because it's, a, it's my favorite hobby. And cordyceps attack ants and caterpillars those are the number two one and number two and spiders yeah and spiders too yeah right there you go and and i don't care about the spiders and i don't care about the ants but they 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 take the caterpillars so if you have these fucking moths that get into your food all the time and you don't notice they're there and a cordyceps gets into them and then cordyceps can now transfer to mammals or humans it makes sense. So everything you just said, Mike, is spot on because it's it doesn't even have to be the you know the the bacteria or the just a fungus or whatever. They all they have to do is get into the friggin' moths, and and then there there you go, right? So so if you're if you send out a, a, a batch of rice, and we know Asia is number one. Asia, not necessarily. There's two foods in the world that are huge, pork and rice. Now, pork isn't going to be in Indonesia because they're a Muslim country, but they're everywhere else, Russia, China, you name it, they're everywhere. But rice is in Indonesia. So if you have friggin' moths in the rice and cordyceps are in the, in the, in the moths, everybody's fucked. Well, not really. The, well, the, the parasites have to be highly adapted to live in the the organism that they're in. So this, the, the cordyceps species that's going to infect a spider is not going to be the same cordyceps species that infects an ant that affects, you know, a, they, um, a caterpillar. Right, right. That's true. But but if they do, if if these are the but but my my I guess I'm making a theory because again they're probably not going to reference this in 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 the show. But my own experience as a chef, caterpillars are a problem because of moths. So 
that itself would be enough for me to make me say, okay, it makes sense. What, why a place like Indonesia and their factory oh, yeah. was where it started. I mean, I, I think that they take the, the fungal stuff and, you know, it's, it, it opens the door crack and they burst through, um, you know, they use a little, discovery in science and they extrapolate you know they take it to the nth degree in order to justify a really spooky story right um you know there's no real significant reason to fear cordyceps fungi it'd be very very difficult for something like that to adapt to a completely alien physiology um and then especially for something with a very complex nervous system to then take it over and govern its behavior so i'm not saying i'm not this is fiction right mike this is fiction yeah this is fiction so but i'm saying if you're some one of these people who sees the thing and thinks, oh my God, this is this is what's going to really happen. You know, this this is possible because it's scientifically based. It's like it's, it's very loosely scientifically based. So yes, it, it's a good idea, a thought for how it might have uh, transferred in the fiction. I just want yeah. people to understand that it's, it's still fiction. It's right, right. Very highly unlikely in to happen in real life. We'll just right, find right. another way to kill ourselves. But 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 oh, we it, don't. We'll, we'll, we we have plenty. We have plenty. Oh, of oh we, we well, do too. We got the nukes, dude. The nukes. I've been saying it for years. But on a side note, let, let's stop talking about the nukes because I know Barrett gets upset about that, and Eric too. When, when you, you you get I upset about that. I don't dude, get dude, upset dude, about nukes, dude. <laughs> dude, nukes, nukes, nukes the world. Nukes, nukes, nukes is the number one thing. Uh, it bothers me, dude. dude but, I'm, I'm I'm Chekhov's nukes. I've been hearing about them since I was born. You know. I know. You know, yeah. you introduce you introduce the nukes in my first act. I expect them to be fired by the third. Yeah, that's true. So, but there's no nukes here. So I'll be very back disappointed. To, back to the show. Um, but it looks like nukes the way the city yes. looks. <laughs> oh my, well, well, yeah, they do the daisy cutters. That's for sure. Um, and and that's explained. They actually, it's better explained in the show than the video game. In the video yes. game, they don't they don't explain it much at all. But in the the game, they they I mean, in the movie or show, whatever you want to call it, they explain it perfectly because they actually have that moment where oh, these are the where they bombed the city because whatever. And, and never mind Jakarta, where she said you have to bomb the city, you know. So, so everyone's bombing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, it's not good. Uh, total chaos. Um. Anyway, anyway, no, no reason to, to continue that thought process that I was going to. We can get back into uh, some of the – actually, I'll tell you why because I completely forgot what I was going to say. But, but, uh, so we'll, we'll go back into uh, uh, the show. Um, so basically we can say that we finished the cold open and it's basically we're left with holy fuck, right? And then yeah. now we're back in uh, the present time for them in 2023 and they're – in the city, and they they have to make their way to the state building. State house. The state, state house. house. Don't state you house. ruin us, Bostonian. It's the state house. It ain't and state that's building. Where I'm it's sorry. the capital building. It's the state house. And that's where they're it's meeting Canada, the people that the are going to. They're going <laughs> to. That's where <laughs> they're going to meet the group that's going to take the girl, right? Yes, and then and they we get a, the exchange for the weapons and stuff. Yeah, and we have a lot of mistrust because she. They know she's been bitten. They think she's going to turn eventually. But she says she's not, and so there's a lot going on. <laughs> and yeah, this is what happens when you don't read the blurb about your own show. Yeah. <laughs> and they would have known. They're, they're transporting the girl with potential cure. This is true. This is true. But, but he's, he's not comfortable with that because he still thinks, yeah, I've heard that about the cure before, just like, yep. the, nuke, just like the nukes, Mike. 
The nukes, dude. The nukes. <laughs> my my, my, my well, number one uh, nightmare. I'm sure he's right, right? I mean, that, that also was a nice touch, right? Yeah. That that in a situation like that, you know, we, again, having to live through a pandemic, there's always rumors. And there's always, and some of them are legitimate rumors, and there's hopes, and there's, and we think it only lasts for two weeks. Uh, you know, um, there, there's always rumors and, and, and hopes and you know, stuff spreads and, and sometimes it's well-founded and sometimes it's just wishful thinking because some people are dumbasses. Um, so it makes perfect sense to me that... Yep. Um, You'd still be worried. That, <laughs> that, right, that he's not buying it. And I would... And if, look, if I was in his position, yeah. uh, this is a matter of life and death. And if I am near her and if she is bitten... Well, then common sense tells me she's turning sometime in the next 24 hours. Because if I believe that little chart uh, that we saw in episode one, it, you know, the longest it's going to take if you're bitten like on your 48 hours toe, was, it? was like 20. I think it was just 24, maybe yeah, 48 it was 24. hours. I think it was yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I'm waiting for her to wake up in the middle of the night and chew my face off. Or yeah. stick her mycelium yeah. down my throat yeah. or I'm something. A, I'm actually surprised they, they didn't say... You know, if, if at nighttime we have to tie you up because we just don't we don't want to be asleep and you suddenly turn into a zombie and you fucking kill us. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always felt that way about about the the Walking Dead where they were in the prison. I I, I always yep. said they should lock everybody in the prison because if one person just croaks from a heart attack. Right. You're fucked. Or, or an aner- aneurysm. Everybody's yeah. dead. So everybody should just lock themselves in cells, and and it doesn't matter about the keys because if you turn into a zombie, you're not going to know how to use a key anyway. So you can even keep the key on you, but um, everybody should from lock the Return themselves. of the Living Dead zombie. Right, right, that's true. So, so but so that's yeah. I, I, you have to tie every. You have to tie them up. You just got to. Yeah, it. I had long, long, long time ago uh, when I was still doing D and D. I had toyed with the idea of doing a campaign with a zombie. Uh, plague uh, back before they were even plagues because it was actually before the zombie uh, what do you call it? the zombie renaissance in the, the 2000s yeah, um, and I was thinking uh, through like in 28 days later yeah and so I was thinking through like realistically what you know how would people respond to that and obviously things like anybody who died you would burn the body um, you know and yeah you would you would you would lock yourself up in places that were secure at night because yeah, there's that would a, always be a risk. There's a scene in Fear the Walking Dead where they have a bunch of people in a room sleeping together, and one of the people's sick. And that person dies in the night, and they kill a bunch of people. And I'm like, what in the heck were they thinking? Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's come exactly on. What I, was, I, see, I never saw those episodes of the show because I dumped that show pretty quick once they ended the post got into the post-apocalypse. So I said, oh, fuck that. I wanted to watch the apocalypse happen. And so I stopped watching it. But I was already thinking that. Barrett with the Walking Dead and the prison. Yeah. So it, it, yeah, it's like you all, you just lock everybody up. You you can't have anybody croak at, in the middle of the night with an aneurysm or a heart attack because if they and do. You have to do that everywhere, dead. everywhere. Yeah, right. And that's yeah. one of the yeah. most. That's one of the things that drives me crazy in the Walking Dead. From like one of the recent episodes I saw was they weren't protecting their water supply. Like there's nobody guarding it. Yeah, <laughs> what's pure water what's not what you know right. i that's just dumb stuff like that i hate to see so i'm glad to see there seems to be some smartness in this at least oh and you there know. was always the the question 
um, going off tangent, uh, of, you know, that they're sitting here hacking into zombies. You know, if they get bit, they get, you know, they're already infected because if you die of anything, you're, you're going. But, you know, you get right. these rotting corpses that are bleeding around for germs and blood and blood and guts are flying around and you're not wearing a mask or goggles. Uh, you know, just... Oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah uh, it's yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah and their number one trick has, for hiding among the zombies is spread themselves with zombie guts. Every everybody has little <laughs> cuts on them, and they don't even know they have little cuts on them. You know, I mean, so I, I remember I, I used to be take my dog out all the time. Well, I still do, but in the summer when I'm wearing shorts, I had all these scrapes on my legs, and my wife and my kids were saying, "Why do you have all these scrapes on your legs?" And I go, "I don't know. I must have been when, when I was working on That's... Saturday out in the backyard, you know, you know, through cutting the cutting the, the the goddamn Asian bittersweet. I must have you know scraped myself." And then one day, I'm taking my dog Lily out, and she's all excited, and and literally she jumps up, and her claws literally scraped the hell out of my leg, and I, and it was all this blood, and it's like. Holy shit! All these these cuts I've been getting is from my dog, and I didn't even know it because it's like I don't even care, and 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 so, you know, if, yeah. If if you're just walking fighting these zombies, never mind cuts like that that I got from my dog from her, her claws. Everybody has cuts all the time, yeah. So you, everybody's going to turn into zombies, and then also the Walking Dead that pissed me off was uh, chop off the arm, and as I've always mentioned to you, Mike. What what is it? Every second, your blood circles your entire body. There's no way you can you can you not know, every second. Hit. It takes more time. Yeah, but but that. but yeah. two seconds, three seconds, four seconds, five at most. There's no way you're going to be able more to chop someone's arm off, and 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 be able to prevent the moment you bit, you're done. It's it. You're gone. Forget it. Shoot him in the head. Unless it's like unless it's like instantaneous. Well, Bit, no, because I mean, it, it it works with the same thing with you know, like a rattlesnake bite, you know, and you're just sucking the venom out. Um, right, but you know, you can't suck out the zombie blood. So, I mean, the zombie, you're dead. You, you're you're going to turn no matter what, right? Well, it's an infection. Yeah, right, right, exactly. It's an infection. It's aimed to poison. It's better to get poisoned. Well, but you, but you chop off the infected tissue. Yeah, but but the blood, dude, the blood. It, it doesn't travel that fast. Well, I would shoot him in the head. I ain't gonna give him no mercy. <laughs> You're dead. Forget it. Remind Anyhow, me, let's get remind let's me get not back. to be in the camp with you in the apocalypse. <laughs> uh, Barry, I'll be I'll be the nihilist and say if I get bit, just shoot me in the head. <laughs> let's get back to Let's get back to the Last of Us. So, um, so where were we? Oh, that they don't right, trust. Yes. Yeah, so, so it basically picks up exactly where the last episode ended. And so they have to cross the city. And, and actually, since I'm a Bostonian, I even have the accent to prove it. Um, they have to go through the financial district, which is where all the tall buildings are. And that is exactly where they go. And it was spot on. This is Boston after the apocalypse. So what happens is you got to cross through the financial district and get to Quincy market, which is where the old state house is, which is where the Boston massacre occurred, which is where the museum is that they go into. And that is, and, and it's called the Bostonian 
museum or the Bostonian Society Museum, which is legit, until like a year ago when or two years ago when the Bostonian Society merged with um, a diff- another group, and now it's called the Revolutionary Space. So it's they it's all changed now. It's called the Revolutionary Space. But but when this was made, the Bostonian Society Museum was legit. That was legit. So they got they they were spot on. I'm I'm pretty impressed. Um, and so basically, what they do is they go through the old state house because they're going to cross over to the old state house. And when you cross over to the old state house, you pop up to basically the Boston Common, and the Boston Common is where the state house, the real state house, is the new one, and that's where they're going. So they have to cut yeah, through. I'm writing this down for your eventual trip. Boston. <laughs> That's right. Yes, yes. If, if anybody email Phil, email me darkdiscussions at aol dot com or contact us. On There'll w- be a test after the episode. And and type in Boston travel, and I'll, I'll give you all this information. So I'll I'll they, just point out our senior class was uh, trip was to Boston this year, and they canceled it because nobody wanted to go. <laughs> That's too funny. Even though all even though I when they all become Boston. You know what, though? When they turn 18, they're all going there for college. So anyway. Um, Boston's on. Awesome. They, they have to go through the old state house, which is now a museum, because the zombies are all over the fucking street. So they ain't going to go. They, they can't do the street anymore. So they have to go through the Boston Society Museum, which is now called the Revolutionary Spaces. And this is where Tess may have a problem, unfortunately. And I think this is what you were alluding to, uh, either you, Barrett, or you, you, Sean. That was me. Yeah, I was sad to see her, uh, yeah, her get bit and uh, go <laughs> soon. Yeah. So the thing is, too, and I'll just say this because, like, for the game, like when we saw the last episode, the end of the last episode, we saw the two skyscrapers in the darkness, right? And then you yeah, heard yeah, like yeah. the the. The, that was, the, that was uh, like State Street. State Street for folks yeah, who, the who want the travel, the Boston travel log. State Street. So anyway, the clickers and stuff, right? But the directors talked about the fact that like they didn't have the budget to pull off doing the actual um, traversing those the actual skyscrapers because that's what happens in the game, and it's like that's where like you get your first actual like you're having to fight the clickers. And then they're like, there's like all these kind of stuff that they have to meander through the building to actually get to the other side. And so they basically had to take that out and just do the situation through the museum. And like you said, they they also took out the subway part. Yeah, basically what happens is in the in the video game to get to the state house, they actually go through the subway because you can get on in state State Street, which is where the financial district is. You, 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 they can basically go under the old state house and, and state street and the T or the subway, as Sean called it. But in Boston, we don't call it the subway. We call it the T. And they follow the, the, the T lines to pop up in Park Street. In Park Street, it's, it's not really a big street, but it's like the biggest hub of all the the um, T stations in Boston because it's literally right in the center between the um, financial district, um, 
uh, Newberry Street, which is like the real touristy area, Boston Common, the Boston Garden, the State House. It's all there. It's, it's the number one place. And in the video game, they pop out of Park Street T-Station. And then they literally, once you pop, pop, pop out of there, you're literally like less than 100 yards from the State House. So they skip all that, and they decide to go through the museum, which is in the video game. But then they go into the T, so they skip the T completely. And what happens is, is they go through the old State House Museum, and on the other side of the old State House Museum in the real Boston is like these line of of buildings that separate the financial district from the State House and the Boston Common. And so that's what they do instead. So they stay on the main roads and they go into go to the state house that way. So that that was the big difference, Sean, right? Right. And then the other thing too is because again, this the game doesn't touch so much on it, right? Is the idea of like what kind of is is it a hive mind? Is it a consciousness that the, the Right. This is all have? invented for for the show. Yeah. And then so you basically see the sequence where the sunlight hits the different uh, bodies that are on the ground. And then you see them all start to respond as if it's like transmitting it. Right. And then that will come to play, come into play later at the end of the episode, when they explain that the, they, they, these tendrils can go like a mile long. So you can like, cause trouble in one part of the area and then you've got all these other clickers and stuff runners that can come after you because they can get awakened or alerted and this is why they have the people get wiped out is because of this communication network that the fungus has that the the humans have a difficulty dealing with yeah the mycelium network the um yeah, so again, this is taking a little science and bastardizing it for dramatic effect. Uh, but yeah, it's a neat thing. This was something I think it was discovered when I was in college uh, because you had to have the ability to do DNA tests um, that they found in Michigan uh, or Illinois that there was a uh, they, they sampled the DNA of a fungus on one end of the forest and then the DNA of the fungus on the other end of the forest and they found out it was all the same. Um, that it was really just one massive organism uh, because of the way that the, the fungi grow. Uh, so, like, when you see um, a, a witch's circle... It's like you know, the thing. Get... Well, kind of. It's like, if you ever see a witch's circle, right, which where the, the toadstools grow in a circle, circle? In, the, in the woods. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. the toadstools are, are, again, just the, the fungus' junk. Uh, it's a reproductive organs. Uh, the fungus itself is, is under the ground. It's the, that, that mycelium, those... Um, uh, the hyphae, the uh, rhizoids, whatever that the the, te- the tendrils that that you see—that's what's under there. The, for lack of a better term, their roots. That's the actual organism. And what you're seeing, the ring, is just the reproductive organs on the edge, but the organism is connected and all interconnected underneath. And they do work a little differently. They, their cells are multinucleated. Some, but it's just it's just a weird thing. So you can have these single fungi that are 
you know, uh, that are massive, acres and acres and acres across. And, and when they saw this, they realized these things are actually even bigger than, say, our biggest redwoods, which, of course, our biggest redwoods are even bigger than, say, a blue whale. Uh, these are massive organisms. And they have that ability to communicate. And I looked this up earlier today because I was not aware of this. Um, I assume that um, that was the article you sent us, right, Mike? Right. Uh, well, that, that was one of them that I found. But I assume that fungi just work chemically because they don't have a, a nervous system. You know, our nervous system conducts electrical current, and that's how we can react fast, where fungi or plants react more slowly because they work through uh, chemical signals. And apparently, no, the fungus system can send electrical impulses. And they mention um, in the – weirdly enough, they use that term, the, the, the wood wide web, in that article I shared. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the mycelial network in a, in a forest, it's connecting the, the plants and the fungi, and the plants use the, my, the fungi system – uh, in a symbiotic relationship, and they allow them to communicate with each other. And you can have some plants divert nutrients to other plants in the forest, you know, if they're in an area that doesn't have as many nutrients. You know, just all this weird symbiotic relationship and communication going on under literally underground uh, that we knew nothing about until relatively recently. Um, so it's a, yeah, it's a fascinating idea, and I love them taking that. And since you now have a fungal. Um, infected fungal created zombie um that they're they're adapting that and using it as a way to heighten the tension you know where you know alerting a fungus you know on on you know on on one street you know is going to let the zombies seven blocks away know you're there and it's a new and it's a new thing it's a new trick and i always like a when a zombie story adds something to the mythology because if it wasn't for that then it basically is just Funny looking zombies, because otherwise they're just, they're basically just zombies, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen blind zombies before. You know, I've seen. Uh, I guess you have bloaters in this game too, like the zombies that explode on you and stuff like that. You know, it's okay. That's fine. It's all those things. Games add stuff, but this is really adding something different. Like, um, it was a, uh, a biologist who suggested uh, for World War Z that they do the cooperative behavior. Um, it was the, uh, I, I mean, even like the, the film, film you liked a lot was warm bodies and it added the idea of the bonies, like the, the long decayed zombies. I right, thought it was a neat right. idea. Was um, even, even the, the classic zombie, um, line is brains, right? Which is really part of the return of the living dead franchise. That was an invention for that, right? The zombie films didn't do that. Zombies didn't talk. They shambled. And then. You know, Return of the Living Dead introduced the idea of the zombies uh, being addicted to eating brains and being able to talk and stuff. But I always like when they everyone finds a way to really put their own unique wrinkle on this, and this I think does a neat job of doing that. This one actually creeps me out more than most of the others. I don't know why something about fungus being the <laughs> that agent that does it just bothers me. Well, in the design they did. For like the actual practical effects for the, because they talk about it too in the, the after the podcast, like the 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 way that they designed how the clickers look, 
you know, there's, you're always wondering, is there going to be too much CGI stuff, you know, or like CGI maybe not to turn out as well or what, uh, age well kind of thing. Um, you know, I had no problems going from the game to seeing them in the show. They are just as freaking creepy, if not worse. And credit to the actors, right? Because this is a, yeah. a, a pantomime kind of thing. You have to really use your body language to get it across. Um, and I have no idea how sound. well they see in those masks. Because they even talked about that the, the actors who were doing the clickers were actually making the clicker sound. So it wasn't oh. just like popped oh, in stuff or whatever. Well, also, also um, the science for this world, it, whether you know it's, it, it's believable or not, you know, Mike could, could say otherwise, and that's fair. But if we buy into this world, the clickers are basically as we we i think we we heard in in prior um the prior episode in the 1968 thing where the creature the ant dies eventually and the fungus or cordyceps has to replace pieces of the ant with itself and and so what happens is when part of the body dissolves or dies because the host eventually just croaks. The cordyceps replaces parts of the head or the arm or whatever with fungi. And that's the reason why we see these clickers where the heads are all fucked up because the head dissolves, the brain's dead, they're croaked. And so the, the fungi replaces the head with its own DNA so their head now looks like a fungi rather than a human head like the early versions of the the runners infected yeah exactly yeah. the runners yeah and then you see like how it cracks like with the clickers it cracks the skull and then takes away the eyes and then basically you have like it starts to become like an armor and that's what happens later on when you see the bloaters is that the longer they go the more armor they get depending on how far the infection's gone and that's right, how, much, right. how much more difficult they are to try and dispose of. Okay, so game, that, yeah, go ahead. So that, that's like shell fungus uh, on their, on their head um, that acts as, as armor. That's why like he was having such a hard time taking him yeah. down. And that like in the game, you don't, you don't get like to have like super long sequences fighting them. Like if you're not quickly disposing them, they'll kill you. Right, and and also in the game, as we saw in this, in this show, when it comes to those the clickers, that's why a melee weapon is better because yeah. you crush the the head and it just blows up versus a bullet, which is just this little teeny thing, even though it's a bullet and and it's fast and it's yeah, hard, you have to, like, and whatever. You have to like hit it just like the perfect shot, right? Right. To, right. To get versus a a lead pipe or a wrench. That literally just b destroys the, the the head right when it hits it, right? That's it's like actually a really bat. that's really cool too. I like that. <laughs> Can I hit it with the lead pipe in the library with Colonel Mike? <laughs> but in the video game, you only can use it three times, and and then the lead pipe breaks. Yeah, and then you well, have to replace it, the stuff. It makes more sense when he kills the old woman with the wrench. Um, yeah. In the beginning, and he drops it. 
Yeah. Because some people were like, why did he do that? Why didn't he just hold on yeah. to it? And yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a homage to the game that he Right. It, 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 it's times. a nod to the game, exactly. That, yeah. that after a couple of times, the wrench is worthless, so you have to get another meal up. Because, I mean, you think when you're bashing the 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 armor, uh, I, I, don't know, like, I don't know if you call it chitin or whatever, but um, you're, you're doing damage to the stuff. It's not like it's going to be just, oh, just perfect and fine, right? But yeah, the the chitin is the, the chitin is what makes the uh, uh, funguses cell walls. So yeah. you know, just as cellulose makes wood, chitin does the same thing for um, for fungi. But also, that's what makes the exoskeletons for insects. Right. Yeah, there you go. So yep. it's a so it's the same basic stuff. So then, anyways, which is why insects are bulletproof. Yeah. So continue, Sean, you were about to say, so that's yeah. when... So then we were in the museum, and we basically get the actual confrontation where basically you're, he, Joel's trying to explain to Ellie that you can't, like, you can't say anything. And she starts to ask questions. He's like, no, it's like nothing. And then he's explaining to her that they don't see because they, they have eyes. They use echolocation to do it, and then that's and then you have a sequence where they're trying to get out of the museum, and the clickers are going after them. Uh, and then you get to the point where they they're just going to be out, and then Ellie is bitten, and you can see where she's bitten, and it's fresh fresh blood and all that kind of stuff. But you never see what happened to Tess. Right. But if you're watching, and I watched the episode a couple times. If you watch when when she's sitting down, she says her ankle's injured or twisted her ankle or something. And so Joel's going to tape her up and then she ends up doing it herself. But one of the things they talk about when you're first infected by the cordyceps is you start having uh, you start having tremors. And if you watch, you will see her hand starts having tremors. Mm, right. Just like the student, like like the student in the high school. Um, it, at the beginning, with the watch. Yeah, yeah, exactly with the watch. Yeah, exactly. And so you get the basically the situation where you um, Tess starts to like be really pushy that we got to get going, we got to get going, we got to get going. Right. And the idea is because depending on where she's been bitten, she's calculated how much time before right. she's going to. She's done. Yeah, exactly. And so she's like really pushing them and to get moving, get moving, get moving. And then they finally get to the state house. I, I do want to say one thing, Sean, before we get to oh, the state sorry. house, that, that scene after she takes care of her own ankle, that scene's not the scene when she takes care of her own ankle, but the scene when they cross over that plank. Yeah. And, and you go over to the next building. That's right out of the game. It's yeah. literally even the, the words. Yep. And and I like that scene a lot too because they had the custom house, which is the tall clock tower building that we saw in the background, and 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 um, that is exactly geographically correct for Boston. Again, so since good Boston, attention to detail, right? Absolutely, it was perfect. It was it was absolutely right. So yep. we get to the the state house. They see the vehicle that would be the Fedra vehicle that's been stolen. And they basically see that there's blood. So 
something bad has happened. They make their way into the state house, and then you basically see that everyone's dead. And then right, and this is the that, this is the big change from the game. Yeah, because game, everybody's dead in the game, but killed by the military, by the Fedra group. Yeah, yeah. But in this right. one, they take out the Fedra, and it's basically someone was infected, and then basically everyone died. And this is a sequence where it's revealed the Tess has been bitten and why she was so agitated and why she was trying to push them so much. And then she shows her wound and like where the, it's already starting to grow. The infection's right. growing. Yep. And then, then she's like this, she's insistent that look at Ellie, she's been bitten, but she's had no change. It's still yep. like, she's fine. She doesn't have anything showing. She is the, the cure. She's got the yeah, cure in her immune. blood or something. She yeah. is the keys I had her And so, and it's sad too because there's, you start to find out that like you assume that there's like a much longer story for Joel and Tess. And you, and it's like, if Tess knows she's going to die and she still doesn't really have time to even tell Joel that she loves him or even, you know, can't hug him, right? Because she's infected now. And he steps away from her when she steps towards him. Um, but it's just like the saddest. Ooh, that, that, like, hurt. that hurt. That yeah. hurt. That hurt, right? And like, well, and, he's given up so much. And then, you know. And even worse, already... even worse now, this girl that he's just unsure of, she basically says, I've never asked for anything. Yeah. You need to get her to where she needs to be. And so now he is committed. Yeah. <laughs> she also says what I thought was a good way to, to handle this. And I've never asked you to feel the way I feel. Right. Yeah. 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 I was going to, so it's a way of showing that, that she loved him, but the, the feelings were either not reciprocal in that particular way or he wasn't willing to pursue them. Right. Right. I get right. the feeling that he shut himself off is basically what it's been. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because we saw a scene stuff. earlier. In, in episode one, where she, when he's asleep, she nuzzles next to him as if they were lovers. Yeah. But, but you're right. It's probably only one way because he's he's just shut down as a human he's being. He's just shut down. He can't he yeah. can't find that part of himself. Yeah. And that's the other also, part. Also, like I was just going to say also the the scene where they do cross the plank, and he and Ellie have a moment that yes. which comes right from the video game. I think she didn't have to push him too hard after that moment, no. meaning meaning Tess, that he was going to protect her or do what he had to do for her, meaning Ellie, after that moment anyway, even if Tess... Well, and this is another thing where they talk about where if you watch, remember at the, like when they first show the open, like after the cold open, when they open up with Ellie sleeping in the light and then a butterfly f flies past her, they're yep, talking yep. about the imagery that the butterfly is the tie to Sarah because she had butterflies. And so it's basically the trend and then talking about how butterflies represent transition or transformation. And so basically how, as we go through this episode, the relationship changes to the point where she will be replacing Sarah, not replacing right. her. You know, but no, no, we understand. That he'll take her over. Right. So yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound like like silly, but you know all of us are pet owners. Yep. And you know we we take a pet from 
another mother, obviously, because it's a pet, and we and another father, and we bring it into our family, and we love that pet as if it's a child. So yeah. here's a guy that lost his daughter 20 years ago who now has this young girl who's, you know, she's doomed if he abandons her. He has that moment on the top of the building when they're looking at the state house and she says, you got to like, love the look. Tess asks him to protect her and, and finish the job. It makes sense that he would take this foreign person and then almost adopt her as, yeah. as a pet or a child. And, I, and again, I don't mean pet as an insult. I mean it. No, you no, know, no. Yeah. So, you, uh, so well, it pets makes are sense. better than children. Um, I don't. I won't go that there far are, because I, I have a couple of daughters that are pretty awesome. Children, that's what it is. Different kind of yeah, children. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have two daughters, and, and believe me, I, I wouldn't trade them in for anything. Um, nor would I trade my dog either because my dog's awesome <laughs> too. But um, but it makes sense, you know, you know, that he would have a bond and suddenly want to be the protector of this young girl because. Again, this is this emptiness that's been sitting there for 20 years, and and as we all know, and I, I can sp speak for myself, old things that happen to us haunt us forever. Yep. And this, if if it doesn't cure that haunt, at least it fills part of it in a sense. By it gives him a chance to have hope again because we've watched right. in the first two episodes or like up until the point that there's the change. He's had no hope. He's right. a person who's just walking. He's like an automaton basically. Right. Yeah. right? yeah. He's just trying to survive. There's no and, purpose yeah. otherwise. Yeah. And then the thing is, is in the game, it gets more revealed about just like how like this, like how bad he was and the terrible stuff that he does between the two, the 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 outbreak to when you, we catch up with them in the future, right? Well, and and we kind of saw it in the first episode as well as in the game. Yeah, where they drive by and Tony, I think it's Tony, right? Tommy or Tony, uh, Tom, his brother, Tommy, yeah. Tommy, says, "Oh, we should pick these people up." There's a young child. Like, nope. He goes, "Nope, we got a young child here. Forget it." So that was kind of it. Makes sense. But it also makes sense in a different way, meaning this is the type of person he may become. Yeah. Well, this is the, the dilemma you, you get in any situation like that, which is uh, you have your survival, and in his case especially, you have the survival of a child, of your child, and, you know, what degree do you, does your so-called humanity take over, and do you help others versus making sure you take care of yourself and the people you love because we've all seen the zombie movies. We all know that in the end, if you help somebody, you're going to get fucked over for it. <laughs> uh, yep. and, and even if you're not, it's perfectly rational to think, you know, that that person you may be helping, um, it's can be infected or could, could screw you over. Right. What's the, was that, that was the, uh, was that the first scene in the first black summer? Or one yes. of the first with the with the car, yeah. yes. Um, yeah. Second, that was the, that was either was I think the beginning was, of the second season. May have been the no, it was the first season, but it was I think the second episode. 
Second episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So and we saw it. We saw it. Really good. Highly recommended. Yeah. Oh, it was a great show. Um, and and we'll be interviewing that director, um, and showrunner for for dark discussions uh, very shortly in February. And another show done in Alberta. That is true. It's out of Calgary. That is true. Um, and and the thing. Another one was uh, It Comes at Night, that movie, which was yeah. my favorite horror film of the year that year. And basically they let these people into their house and, and, the, and, and, and everything goes to hell because of it. And then, and then we talked about Cloverfield, the second Cloverfield movie, where mm-hmm. they let the people in. It's like, just don't let anybody in. Well, when we have – right, well, now that we're having lockdown drills at the school, um, we have to, I have to tell the kids, like, okay – when they say lockdown, we I step out in the hallway. I pull in any kids out in the hallway that are right next to my room. Mike's a teacher and, for anybody who, who's curious what yeah. he's talking about. And, and then I sh- and then we lock the door and we don't let anybody in uh, until we're given the all clear. And there's right. and so, so like if your best friend you know decided to go to the bathroom and they're pounding on the door to let them in, we don't let them in. And they oh, but my friend did. I said no, no, you're not because your friend could have a gun to their head. Right. Um, it, it is just. A matter of priority. You, know, you you do what you can, and you recognize, unfortunately, that you have to save yourself. You got to be utilitarian help. when it comes to such things like that. Well, what is it they talk about in the airplanes? If there's go, it's going down. The first thing you're supposed to do is put the the oxygen for yourself, then help for your loved ones. Because, exactly. Yeah, because if you don't, you're not going to be able to help anyone. Right. Man, you die, if, you, if you die, if you die, your five-year-old's dead. So right. put the mask on you first before you put it on your five-year-old. Always. Yeah. And I don't care what the reasoning. <laughs> and, and you're and you're way more likely or less likely to panic, right? Because yeah. you're running out of air, or more correctly, right. you're running. You're, you're building up your carbon dioxide uh, and trying to fumble. You'll, you'll be more uh, calm and collected, relatively speaking. Yeah. So, if you can breathe. <laughs> Anyhow. So the thing we're going to get to then is we get the situation where you see the the cordyceps start to uh, respond by activating all the other clickers and runners around the the area. Right, and this is not in the game. Yeah, and this isn't in the game. Uh, And then you basically get the situation where Tess finally convinces them to leave. Uh, and she's basically going to look to immolate herself, right? Uh, Immolation. They, the word they, of the they day. talk about the um, the situation too. Like when most people are running, they get torn apart. And when the situation comes where they they come in, all the the runners come in and they're running around or whatever. The one stops and looks at her, walks over to her, and then it's like a bit like it's such a like a violation, but. They talked about how she just was passive. So he didn't attack, like he didn't physically bite attack her. He just completed the infection. Right, and he probably knew that she was infected yeah. anyway, right? That's how a lot of zombie yeah. films are. And then they and talk about they talked about too about the fact that like when she's like you can see she's she's starting to lose the battle of like control of her body yeah. as she's trying to get the lighter to go. Right, it's not working. As the infection has grown stronger and stronger, and she's starting to just, she's not going to be herself anymore. Right, especially when, when that thing with that more cordyceps in her. Yeah. 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 And but, then you just basically see that, that shot of her eye, and it's just like, oh, so sad. It now, felt very sad. 
Now, in the He's game... He's looking at him thinking, I'd like to see his mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and mushroom, yeah, they do look like mushrooms. Especially I'll show if my fruiting and, bodies. Especially if, if they're uh, circumcised. Um, but on uh, this show here, and comparing it to the video game, the video game is a little different. What happens in the video game is when they get to the state house, they see all the dead bodies, and they say, oh, my God, the, the military shot them all. And then what happens is the same thing where she, you know, they find out she's infected and all that. And she says, I'm staying behind. You get her, Ellie, out of here to where she has to go. I'll st- stay here because I'll what happens give is – time. And what she's buying time for has nothing to do with the, the infected. What it is is the, the military, yeah. the military from the Boston quarantine zone, is there because they found out the fireflies were pulling their shit, and their head, and they were at the at the state house. So she is going to fight the military, not cordyceps. So yeah, this whole really. scene, there's no cordyceps at all, none. And what happens is. She kills a few of them before the military shoots her and kills her. Yeah. And then we're on the balcony of the state house, and they look down and they see her dead in a pool of blood, and the military piling in, and there's like ten of her, ten or twelve of them. And then what happens is, is that he has to get by these twelve soldiers, and in the game you kill a few of them. You know, you go up to them and you you break like their stealth necks. moves, right? Yeah, stealth, stealth moves, and you, and you and you snap their necks and shit. And the few, and but you don't have to. You can just you know go around them. And so there's no explosion. There is no big bomb or anything like we see in in the show. And he gets out. And then when he gets out of the state house, which is I believe Bowdoin Street. At least that's in in real life, not not in the game. I, mean, I don't know what they they didn't mention the street, but they go to Bodoin Street, and that leads right to TD Bank North Center, which is where the Celtics and Broom plays. And then you cross over the bridge, and you go into Charlestown, where Bunker Hill is, and and Winter Hill, where Whitey Bulger was. And then they head towards Lincoln, Massachusetts. Here, they don't say where they're going. But we're assuming that's where they're going to go in the next episode. And based off of the reviews I've read about the TV series, because, again, the real critics, unlike us, were able to get all nine episodes or whatever it was and review the whole season. Everybody is saying episode three, which is the next episode, is the best of the series. Everybody. Well, you know, I, well, I think it's obvious. They're in, they're, we know where they're going. They're in Canada. They're going to Tim Hortons. <laughs> or, or, or Boston Pizza. Boston Pizza. That's another one. No, there there Boston go. Pizza in Canada. Yeah, there is. Believe it or yeah, not. There they, is. They, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, there is. It's it's not in the United States, but they they it's because of the Italian Boston. They someone made opened up a Boston a thing called Boston Pizza, and it's a chain in in Canada. I, I kid you it's not. I've eaten there. It's actually pretty good. Um, so uh, they're in uh, Sherbrooke, Quebec. As a matter of fact. Um. So what what happens is um, in the game, they say we're headed north to Lincoln, but that's completely wrong because they're, Lincoln's west of Boston. And Lincoln, it exists, but it's a rural, wealthy town 
while in the game they just use some generic town and it is like a real suburb. It's not a rural wealthy town. Uh, but I will talk about that in the next episode when, when we actually get to Lincoln. Uh, and I'll, I'll probably rip it back to shreds because of nitpicks of what's real and what's not. But I did read in the um, online, and I sent it to you, Sean, um, that they chose Lincoln, but they just used a generic town intentionally just to say it's a, a New England town type of thing. Yeah. Um, but we'll get into that for episode three. Um, so they leave the state house and they watch the, it burn and Ellie's face is sad because Tess is dead and whatever. And that's where it ends, the episode. Yep. Um, heading down but Bowdoin Street. I'll is, say uh, personally, which, again, which, which, is, having... uh, which is the, the street that I took my ex-girlfriend, Kerry, to for my first date. This is my first. There was a, there was a Turkish restaurant there. But anyway, I don't want to talk about her. Um, so what are you saying, Mike? <laughs> I got to say, we, not having played the game, and, and but um, I have heard of what the – the end game scenario for Tess was uh, after watching the episode. I kind of prefer them doing it this way because in the end, this is still a, a zombie apocalypse story. And the yeah. last episode, it was the humans that were the danger, really far more than the infected. Uh, so I think it was good that they, they you don't want to make the, the humans the, the main danger for the first two episodes of the series. Um, I know we got the clickers, you know, and that was a thing, but. I, I like the fact that they were able to use this to introduce uh, and illustrate the uh, the mycelial network and that they were able to show how they were a threat. I don't think the humans were really necessary there. We, we know you, the humans are a threat and they're going to be a threat. Um, I don't think they need to be responsible for, for killing her off. So I think this worked well to highlight the danger that the, uh, that the clickers and the, 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 the dead or whatever they, they're called in this game represent. Yeah, that's a fair point, Mike. I didn't even think of that. Um, because, yeah, we, we know we've seen enough of these zombie apocalypse films, never mind any apocalypse films, and people are, unfortunately turn out to be the number one threat in these shows when everybody wants to see the fucking monsters. So, to change it up, I guess you have a fair point there. And to be fair, one of the showrunners is one of the co-creators of the game and he yep. went along with it. So I guess right. we can, we can say it's okay. Well, again, I think they just need to illustrate. They, people are tuning in for a zombie show. They want to see their zombies. Um, I, I don't I have no idea how the, the game handles it. Uh, I don't know how time wise, how far along you're into the game before the zombies become an issue. But you know, I know I don't really want to wait all that long when I'm playing a game. Like, if I'm playing a Resident Evil game, I usually don't have to wait that long before I come across my first monster, zombie, brazed villager, what have you. You know, I'm not going two hours before that happens. Um, and games tend to be longer. And even this is going to be a uh, little under a 10-hour series because there's nine episodes, but that first episode was 90 minutes. Um and the game is 15 hours. So it's, you still have to compress some things. Indeed. So, um, I will say I found, um, a little weird. Ellie's reaction to tests being left behind because she's known her for 24 hours. 
mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. didn't get much of a sense of them bonding. Yeah, I even in something? the no, you know, even in the video game, I mean, they're they're sad, and she's sad. It, it's weird, and and in the video game, n- neither of them are are horribly sad. It's it's weird, but I guess. I don't know, Mike. I, 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 yeah, I, I guess they just wanted to force it. That's all I can think. Well, they I imagine wanted... their their response is a lot like when I find out a Netflix show has been canceled. It's it's happened so many times now <laughs> that I just I just accept yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and I'm, yeah. I'm numb to it. Uh, so I, I imagine they've they've all lost so many friends along the way. We know obviously uh, that he lost his daughter in the last episode, but that was 20 years ago. And I'm sure along the way he's, he's had, he's had friends and allies, uh, and associates and coworkers and whatever else, um, that well, have died throw, too. Just throwing that dead boy into the fire, you know, <laughs> couldn't have been easy, even though he didn't know him. <laughs> well, it might've gotten easier now if he's got his, uh, turn the faucet <laughs> on his emotions off. Maybe. Yeah. I did like the conversation, the dialogue. Like, I, we we did see a lot of dialogue between her and Joel, and I liked that. Um, I liked, uh, for example, the banter about the school. You know, so I'm from Detroit. You know, it's in Michigan. So I know where Detroit is. I go to school, and then she says, "How you know? How long does it take? <laughs> you know, how long can this disease infected survive?" So I thought you went to school. I said, "Yeah, but it's it's a shitty school." <laughs> Well, you, you know what's funny in in the video game, she's such a nice girl. While here, she's hardened and a bitch in a sense. So it's just weird. Yeah. But I'm thinking that they're gonna switch her now to being okay. You know the the nice girl that she was in in the video game. But up to that point, yeah, it, it was it was it was kind of difficult. I mean, I mean, well, also TV in the video, supposed to be precocious now. Also, yeah. in the video game, she was never tied up or locked away like they showed. Uh, we just meet her for the first time when Joel meets her. Um, so we don't have any of that pre-prologue where she's tied up and kidnapped and all that other crap. So based off of her, them showing her as tied up, kidnapped, and all that other crap, maybe she would be a bitch. But since in the video game none of that happens – it makes sense that she's not a bitch. Yeah. Right. You know. The other thing I was going to point out. Or, you know, she's a teenage girl, so that, that yeah. might be all you need. Right. The other thing is that they talked about was uh, in the first episode when we see Ellie in the room, she has the light, like the sunlight, the sunlight on her. Mm-hmm. Again, we start this episode with her having the sunlight on her while Joel and Tess are in the dark. So it's like that idea that she's the hope. And everyone else is that don't don't have hope, right? Until they can get an actual vaccine for that. Well, and that and that also ties into the the infection, right? Because yeah. the the fungus fungi prefer darkness and dampness. They don't like to be out in the bright sunshine. Which is why those bodies all reacted in that sequence where the the sun went over the the bodies. There you go. Oh, good, good catch there, Sean. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
what else anybody have on their list that they wanted to bring up that we may have missed? Anything? I think I'm pretty good on that. Just just a great episode. I really enjoyed it. What country would Same. you want to start next week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm beginning to think that each episode is going to have a, a pr- uh, prologue. It's the progression yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I if they do it next week, then you probably will. But the, the, this is their last this, – or this is it. You know, I can't imagine they do it for three episodes and then stop. Um, right, right, right. So I, I would I would really like to see them continue. I'm just curious where you would like to see the next step in the infection. I do know that next Besides episode, Boston. based off of I, – I hope it stays in Boston. But um, I know that it doesn't. But um, I do know the next episode, there is a lot of that is supposed to be flashback. Yeah. Um, uh, based off of the reviews I wrote, I mean, not wrote, I've read based off of uh, what critics wrote about. And just what the trailer shows, too. Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, yeah. And and the guy that plays the lead character in that episode. Nick Offerman. Yeah, he Ooh. looks just like the character in the video game. He does. They, they they did yeah, they, they, <laughs> pinned, they pinned him perfectly from the video game. It's like the video game, they, they just somehow made a biological version of him. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I wonder so. if he was in... Because Parks and Rec was a thing when the game came out, so I wonder if they based the character on him. That's a good point. Yeah, you never know. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I did like uh, when they were going through the buildings and, and Tess had to go around to open the door and stuff like that. that all that shit happens in the video game, stuff like that. The, where When they go to the hotel, when they're in the hotel, yeah, and they have the sequence with the water and the piano and the, like, that's the all, straight from the game, all straight from the yeah. game, right? Yeah. Yeah, I actually thought they were going to have a... Uh, that, was, that was almost like... I thought a Chekhov's gun too, because yeah. because if you didn't if you didn't play the game and you see her yelling and saying, um, uh, "I need help," at the you know the front desk and all that, and, and playing the piano, you would think that's gonna the clickers would come, right? Yeah, I mean you would think the clickers would come, right? But but it, it was just a red herring. There's uh, another cool part too where Joel opens a door, and if you listen closely. You can't tell if it's the door that's creaking or right. if it's the clickers, yeah. which was really good. Yeah. Also, also, it comes right from the game was when when yeah. Ellie says, "I can't swim." Yeah, that comes from the game too because that scene is actually transferred to Park Street, yeah. the subway, the T station, where they have to swim through the the T. And so she has to be on those like those floating uh, yeah skids or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So so. Even though it's a different location, they, they did take that right from the game where she says she can't swim. I did like how they incorporated gameplay elements in a way that didn't feel like gameplay elements, but they did. Which I mean, if you're someone who's not a gamer, you wouldn't pick up on it. Yeah. But there are certain universal tropes in games. And so like when they're in the hallway, and they're, they, they're blocked from taking the most direct route. It's like, well, how did yeah. this happen? <laughs> and then it's, well, let me try this store. Oh look, this door is locked, and of course there's no like pound the door down or j- or try to break the lock, right. um, or or the having the board to go over the uh, branch, or for that matter the uh, you know, the girl can't swim, so that's going to create a problem that you have to get around because you know you get character. I've oh, 
I was what game was it? it was Psychonauts? I think it was playing where the character lead character has a water phobia, so he can't fall in the water or you die. So those little kind of things that are gaming tropes uh, that are universal gaming tropes, right? That are not just Last of Us specific, like you mentioned, the using the weapon three times. Um, so I thought that was nice, and I thought that was well handled. Yeah, I would concur. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else. Um, anything else that anybody can think of that they missed? Just the attention to detail is really good. Yeah. Like it wasn't this wasn't just thrown together or something. Like they really worked on getting the feel of just what you were going through in the game. And I mean, aside from the the situation of getting to do the skyscraper thing, which I really had wanted to see. I mean, they have done a really good job of translating the game to a show where, like Mike was saying, if you haven't wa- played the game, this is just this is just a show, right? Right. Yeah. And there's also gameplay elements of games. And again, I haven't played this one, you know, where like you don't necessarily want to watch somebody push crates around for 20 no. minutes so they can figure out how to <laughs> climb into get, the get, get right, that, the that would make <laughs> Right. That would make shitty watching. But something as simple as like just blocking off certain certain pathways, you know, is a, is a is is another thing, um, and I think that worked. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I just, and, the, the effort to the yeah. the set design and stuff, like you, I mean, you're talking about the locations being accurate, like being represented accurately, but just the design of all the, the every scene is so good, like. This wasn't something that, again, just like slapped together. Like they put a great effort into everything you see. I can't emphasize enough. um, It's obviously not a zombie show, but it is a terrifying show. Is that if you do like this, you really should check out Chernobyl. um, Yes. Because it is. It is. It is an amazing show. It is the same showrunner. So the level of detail, like, doesn't shock me. You know, I'd be terrified if it was the guy that, you know, did uh, the last season of um, of, of Dexter, you know, who just is, is a terrible showrunner. Or the Halo um, showrunners. <laughs> or the Halo showrunners. I would be much more skeptical. Um, but this, this well, guy is... they got is, fired, so... <laughs> they got fired or they left or whatever it was. So I, I think they. So yeah, this is not a surprise. And again, that that is a fantastic show. Well, well worth checking out. Only drawback is that there really are not enough zombies. We still have time. No, no. I think oh, yeah. Mike's talking about Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Oh. I'm talking about Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah, you no, have to wait until you get to the the follow-up, which is Chernobyl Diaries. Exactly. Yes, get to the end. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Th- no, th- this episode had plenty of zombies for sure. Th- this, this is what people I think were were looking for. Um, at least, if you're not going to have the the apocalypse and watching it collapse, um, this is what what you want. You want the, the horror the, aspect, right? Yeah, the last hour of the first episode just reminded me of of crappy Walking Dead. Uh, but this 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 is what I was looking for. And and Mike's point, even though I was kind of disappointed that they switched from soldiers to zombies at the state house, Mike's point is spot on, which is 
yeah, we, we don't want to see the people. We want to see the monsters. So it works. It's good. Yeah. Well, it's a bit like when people complain, you know, when they're, they're, they're not getting enough zombies in their zombie show or they're not getting enough, uh, right. you know, monsters in their monster show. Well, you know, you do want to give the people what they're, what they came for. And, uh, there, there will be, I'm sure, plenty of opportunity to have the, uh, human assholes, uh, step to the fore later. Yeah. There's a lot because, of because in the end, you know, there really is nothing quite so, uh, effective as a villain. Like I said at the beginning, humans are really good at killing shit. Yeah, yeah, and and this this game, if if based off of what I've read, because I haven't watched the full walkthrough yet, there is a lot of bad humans, uh, including the same tropes we've seen in in other post-apocalypse movies, whether it's The Road or The Walking Dead or or whatever. So there's going to be clicks and cannibals and crazies and you know flavors you, you they get, mentioned last episode what is it flavors they mentioned last episode what's that mean flavors what's the flavor 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 oh slavers yeah 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 absolutely yeah so so you're gonna find them all here yeah it's it's all coming it's all coming so get as many zombies in as you possibly can before you get that crapola that's what i say um Next episode, if it follows the game, there's going to be a hell of a lot of zombies. Just a heads up. Um, My understanding uh, is that there's a, what was like a DLC, which kind of gives you, is it Ellie's background? There's a bunch of DLCs, and, and one of them, I think, actually has the character that stars in the next episode's background. And yeah. then there's a DLC for a couple of other characters as well, and and that may include Ellie as well, Mike. Yeah. Well, so my, my understanding. So I, I episode three and seven that, are supposed to be DLCs. I right. Heard. They are they are adapting the uh, the DLCs in this series too. Yeah. So, um, so episode three so will have the DLCs. Some of the flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then episode seven, which is some character that we haven't met yet, uh, her character will will have. Is a DLC as well. Is my is not my mistake. Is if I'm not mistaken, what I read off of all these reviews. Yep. And then you mentioned, Mike, they're adapting it. Season uh, Last of Us Game One and Last of Us Game Two. Never mind all the DLCs. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense that all this is happening because one of the co-creators is actually a showrunner part of the game. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So then it's not just some you know, non-entity from the original source material, like we've seen with the Stand and Halo and and uh, uh, that stupid um, Cthulhu show from HBO. What the hell was that called? I can't even remember. It was so terrible. Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So it was just some. Yeah. There was, so we're not gonna have any of that crap. That we're gonna have. We have a showrunner that's actually the. Part of the source material, so just, we're, we're, I think we're 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 going to be solid here. We're going to be solid. Yeah. Damn, was the stand in Lovecraft Country and <laughs> and what was the other one I mentioned that sucked? I, it was the third one. I, I can't even remember. It's so bad, I forget. The American oh, oh, oh Halo, Halo, Halo. Yeah, Halo. That, Halo. that one didn't too. suck, but it had some problems. It was like She-Hulk where, where it had some really good episodes and then it had some really fucking terrible episodes. Yeah. Well, the problem uh, with, 
and so if problem is if anyone wants to hear our our, what our thoughts on Halo, we did do an episode about that. But the, I think the biggest problem we'll agree with Halo was mostly that they introduced a character and a subplot that not only distracted from the story that people were tuning in to see, but fundamentally went no place and did not pay off in that first season, which just you know left everybody with at best blue balls. Uh, you know, yeah. it, it, was, it was just why it was just made it pointless. <laughs> and it was standalone too. It wasn't like Game of Thrones where you know you know you would have twenty minutes of one character and then twenty minutes of another character right. and go back. It was literally a st- two episodes straight of a character that has nothing to do with the the source material. And it's like, what the hell is this? This is this is just <laughs> terrible. Yeah. What was, the was, hell indeed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's been there's been a lot of. Unfortunate stuff out there that that we've well, unfortunately did podcasts on. Um, and well, you remember good that? Ones. You remember that most wonderful movie we ever watched uh, the premiere of at the the Scarecon New England, which was Death House. And oh, uh, yeah, was there, were, there were a number of plot points in that film uh, that went absolutely nowhere. And uh, if you ask the director who was there, uh, what the fuck was that? It was wait until the sequel, and it just yeah, there's no, no sequel. No, there was no sequel. So they were just a waste of time in that story. Uh, but I don't know why we're complaining about things that we've already had plenty of time to complain about in a completely different podcast. Right. And so far... This is weird. Least, Mike's keeping us on point. Yeah. That is... <laughs> my, oh, my God. If I was sitting next to you, dude, I'd be high-fiving your ass. Um, that's, a, that's funny. Um, uh, we started our... We've now cracked the... Uh, into our the beginning of our third hour on a fifty five minute episode. Just just say. <laughs> right. And and, and Mike could I, I could start talking about Indonesia and Jakarta again and Mike can start talking about fungi again if we really want to, if we want to go off to tangents. But, but well, I'm pretty much tapped out. Oh, fungi I, are not a thing yeah. I know a lot about. Yeah. I, I could talk to you more about Boston if you want, but yeah. No, um, no, no, We're good. No, no, especially since it's not Boston and they don't have and, and they're out of and Boston it's not, now. And it's not Boston, Massachusetts. It's Boston, Canada, which means it's not a capital. It's not a state house. It's a rink. That is right. It's not even a rink. It's just a puck. Um, but on a, on <laughs> a serious note. That's what it is. <laughs> or, or Boston pizza. I'll say it again. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we're out of Boston now. So we're heading to Lincoln. And I know a lot about Lincoln, too. I know everything about that town. So I'll, I'll have a bunch of stuff to talk about that when we get to uh, <laughs> next episode. And it's going to be a lot of nitpicking because if, if it's like the game, it ain't Lincoln, but that's a fair point. Anyway, uh, anything else anybody want to bring up or, or are we pretty much wrapping it up here? I, I will say this. I am very happy with this show. This show, even though the, that one hour of last episode, I was going to like, yeah, this show in this podcast so far, I'm enjoying even more than house of the dragon or any other TV show that we've done in the past year. I'm just warning our listeners that having podcasts with Phil for the last decade, prepare for the next seven episodes of, you know, I was really liking the show, but it just sucked once they left Boston. <laughs> that, you know, you never know. I, I, I could turn. You're right. We should but, have said the whole thing in Boston. It was so great when it was in Boston. But honestly, and Barrett, who, who's had to suffer, and you too, Mike, with American Gods, you, you've seen it. And I've been pretty yeah. spot on when, when I said something sucks with these TV podcasts that we do. I'm pretty legit. I'm not just being 
Silly. I, I, I think I think you you overstate the case. So on which one? Well, the stand. I know you you, you say, but no, the, but the Barrett, stand, no, I didn't think the Barrett stand was Wilson. great. I didn't think it was sucked completely. Barrett's um, on my side. Barrett's on uh, I am definitely on Phil's side on that one. Oh, that was <laughs> terrible, dude. Fucking terrible show. <laughs> so and I thought so, Lovecraft Country had its. Voice, oh, that was terrible. But yeah, there was a lot of bad in it. Oh, that um, was, that was there were there was again four story points that didn't need to be there. Um, you know the yeah, whole no, again no. the the whole thing with the Korean woman that went nowhere. Um, actually the whole show was just terrible. It was rubbish. No, there were a couple of episodes out of there. Were some episodes I liked. Yeah, yeah I mean, there was a couple strong. of stand there was a couple of standalones that were good, but as a whole show, it was just horrendous. It was terrible, garbage, in my opinion. Now. Speaking of the Cordyceps podcast, this one so far has been as popular by subscriptions and listeners and all that crap as the Undoing podcast and um, Discovery of Witches. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Yeah. This awesome. is. This, yeah, it is. It is. Discovery of Witches was like huge. That was like ridiculous. And the Undoing. Don't ask me why. Because it, it seemed, you know, it was a thriller. It was a good show. Don't get me wrong. It was really good. But it, it didn't, like, have a fan base like the Discovery Witches or Last of Us had. That was huge, too. It was, like, a monster. So we, we've had some 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 pretty popular podcasts, especially these well, TV Discovery podcasts. Witches, I think, that was popular with the, the podcast was popular with a lot of ladies because they wanted to hear oh, yeah. the uh, the perspective uh, from of, of the show that is popular from women. But here, from a, the perspective of a man who is comfortable enough with his masculinity to embrace his Taylor Swift family. <laughs> oh, yeah. Taylor Swift is the best. And speaking of Discovery Witches, the publisher, or let me rephrase, the publicist of the author of the Discovery of Witches books emailed us and said that we were the only all-male podcast for the show. Because they knew their audience, and it was all women, and all the podcasts were women, but we were distinct, and we had a huge fan base. We were getting emails from from people weekly. It was it was a it was it was a good time. That, that was a good podcast. Yeah, show had some problems, but it was a good good podcast. That was a good podcast. You'll have to watch the final season. Yeah, that was pretty good. Pretty good. It, it so. wasn't the best. We had our issues, especially with with. Uh, the male lead character—I forget—I forget the the actor's name or or the character's name, but it was okay. It was okay. It was I, I still say, if you're going to say a show sucks, please do me a favor uh, and go binge watch seasons four, five, six, and I think seven of Fear the Walking Dead because you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> I will not watch those. And I, like I said, I, I I saw The Stand and Lovecraft Country. And American Gods, and The Mist, and those all sucked. Sucked. <laughs> Terrible. Garbage. And, and you know what's funny? Is the American Gods, that podcast that me and Mike did for the ter- first two seasons, that one was huge too, Mike. That was as big as... as I liked the first season, even though I, I felt it was dragging his feet, and the second season just completely went off the rails, but that's Brian Fuller. You know, when, once he, he has a vision and once he leaves the project, they they flounder. Sure, sure, sure. There there was one or two episodes that were pretty good in season two, but yeah, the the it was mediocre. And and 
even season one, even if it was good or at least decent, it wasn't my type of show. I, I don't like that. No, but that's that's crap. the danger of doing shows yeah. that you know nothing about beforehand. Yeah, um, yeah. exactly. Because because it's, it's also very understandable why someone would hear the the the, the title Lovecraft Country and for some reason think it has something uh, to do yes. with Lovecraft. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be awesome. And then I was like, what is this? This is what? This ain't no Lovecraft. What the hey, hell? We is got this? we got Cthulhu monsters in the first episode. <laughs> the, yeah, very, five, the very yeah, end for, for five seconds. And, and and it was yeah, that's right. Yeah, for five <laughs> seconds exactly. <laughs> oh my god, that was terrible. Anyway, we're 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 off track now. So uh, one last time, anybody else have anything further they want to talk about with Last of Us in this episode? Infected the, number two. The one thing I wanted to because I forgot about this was what in the sequence when they're in the museum and it's like very very unpleasant looking. Yep. The design for the people that just died. Yeah. Where they're like the fungus is like they've died and it's just been like solidified or whatever. But just some of the designs for them are yeah. really, really creepy. So like if you're yeah. like a body horror person, you yeah. could appreciate yeah. that stuff. You you know what yeah. that reminded me of? Again, this Definitely. may have came out this 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 video game may have come out prior to the movie I'm gonna reference, but it kinda of reminded me of the movie Annihilation. There was a yeah, scene. A bit, yeah. There was a scene in that where they come to this swimming pool, and there's like this body that's literally melded into the wall with fungi, and bacteria and plants. And yeah, shit. yeah. And I was like, no effing way. That was awesome, and 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 that's what this kind of reminded me of that, and that freaked me out. That movie. Yeah. And and. That's literally one of my favorite horror films of the past ten years, or science fiction. I, I love the alligator. <laughs> the oh alligator is awesome. And the poor bear. Oh, oh, and the bear. Oh. oh my god, the bear screaming a human. Oh my god, that that movie was so awesome, dude. That movie was awesome, dude. Oh my god, I love that film. But I also yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Color Out of Space with the the way the mother and son died was just. Oh, oh my god, gosh. that yeah. was hard, dude. That oh my god, yeah, you're absolutely right. That was great too. Yeah, yeah. We we're totally I'm off track now. Yes, yeah, not to mention yeah. it was because of the body the horror Fest stuff that they did, right? That was awesome. A, a, a fantastic performance by who, Mike? The, the, by the Master of Thespian. Nicholas yes, Cage. yes, Nicholas Cage. And what were oh, you yeah. saying, John? <laughs> no, I was just saying that the like the whole design for the body horror for this episode was great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and man, on a, a side note, Mike, Michael Cage does have an Academy Award. Um, mm-hmm. So well learned. Yes, it was actually. Um, all right, so uh, I think we can probably wrap up this. Uh, like Mike said, uh, we've talked for double the length of the episode, uh, so we can probably wrap it up. But there was a lot of good stuff to talk about inside stuff related to um, just pandemics and things of that nature. Anyway, so let's give our final thoughts on the episode. But before we do, uh, Barrett, myself, and you, along with random co-hosts, do another side podcast. We do. Uh, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. We review just about anything. We'll do books. We do fantasy movies, sci-fi movies, horror movies, um, stuff that Dark Discussions doesn't want to do. or Lesbian films. Can't use, yeah, lesbian films. Uh, all sorts of stuff. So um, it's kind of a catch-all. And uh, we just recently did the Avatar movie. 
Um, episode came out this morning, as a matter of fact. Yeah, and uh, it's it was a fun time doing that, so give it a listen. Indeed. And uh, Mike, you, me, Barrett, and Eric uh, do the, the lead podcast. What's that all about? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I've done five podcasts in the last eight days. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the main podcast is the Dark Discussions podcast, which has been going on since early uh, 2011, I believe. Um, and yeah, we're over 500 and over 550 episodes now, right? Yeah, I think 562, 63, something like that. Yeah. Right. And, and in case you're like the person who emailed us who did not, who does not believe that we have over 500 episodes, we hide them all on the internet where you can download them for free. So please feel free and download any one of them and you'll see all, they're all as just as, as overlong as this one is. Uh, but yeah, so the Dark Discussions podcast and we're going to be, we have, the last episode we reviewed was uh, uh, the sadly snubbed by the Oscars movie, The Menu. Uh, and we're going to be also shortly reviewing the uh, sincerity, the uh, hit movie of January, which is uh, uh, Mithrigan. And uh, then we've got a few more. We've got uh, Sick, I think, coming in the pipeline, and then we'll see what else is coming out. Um, so, yeah, please tune in and uh, download it wherever podcasts are sold. Indeed. And uh, another podcast, speaking of what Mike mentioned, that he's done multiple podcasts, like five in the past week. Uh, which five episodes, four shows. Yep, which includes me as well, which is uh, Cinema a la Carte, which is another podcast that we do. Me, Mike, and actually co-host Eric, which is a podcast on films that may not necessarily qualify for as a horror film or so they would not fall into dark discussions and whatnot so so we throw them into cinema a la carte which uh has done films like westerns uh animated films uh dramas you know slice of life stuff uh thrillers and things of that nature so uh everything from a history of violence to uh scott baker's film uh style it to inside out the disney film to um uh so for, kiss, for kiss, a change bang, of pace bang. we did an episode we just did an episode about a movie that's a post-apocalyptic uh pandemic film yeah yeah that's right that's right 12 monkeys so that, look for that one that one's coming out in within the next month uh so yeah yeah so uh we got another good one coming up uh that we're going to be recording in early february uh, so look out for that podcast as well. Um, all right. So I think we can uh, give our final thoughts on this episode here. So, uh, Mike, give us your final thoughts on episode two, Infected. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, I thought it was a, a good episode. It's nice that the, when, when you can take something as familiar as a zombie and still find a way to get some effective chills out of it. And uh, I think they did that here. And, um, yeah, uh, I think uh, an improvement over last week. And uh, I can't wait for next week for episode three. Right. And speaking of episode three, long, long time is what it's called, written by Craig Mazin and directed by Peter Hoare, who uh, is known for television work on Daredevil, The Umbrella Academy, Doctor Who, among other stuff. Uh, Let's go with you, Barrett. What do you got? What's your final thoughts on Infected? Yeah, I really liked this episode. I thought it was really good. I was sad to see Anna Torv go, though, so that was kind of um, sad. But it was a great episode. All right, sounds good. Um, for me, yeah, yeah, this is a great episode. Uh, I'm actually sad that they're leaving Boston. 
So I won't have Boston Trivia anymore. But on a serious note, um, yeah, it was a really good episode. Uh, gripping, uh, both story-wise and character-driven. Um, as as Barrett mentioned, Tessa's death uh, was unfortunate, though um, – if, you, if anybody who's familiar with the game, it was spot on exactly where it happened, even if her death was killed by zombies instead of people. Uh, but um, it was a great episode, and uh, yeah, looking forward to next week, which is supposed to be the best episode of the series, or at least season one. Uh, let's go with you, Sean. Yep, I absolutely love this episode. Again, start of the cold open, just hit the ground running with just like how – disturbing and serious and everything was uh i think the acting is really great and it's like barrett was said it's sad to see anna torv have to go but she did a really great job with tess and uh so much attention to detail if you you know just so many different levels on this just a really great show all right sounds good so uh once again what do we got here we got uh episode two of our podcast, not including our five-minute intro. Um, we will uh, be back next week. Uh, we're actually going to record a day earlier than we usually do, so we're going to record on January 30th and release the episode on January 31st uh, to talk about episode three um, of the show. Um, the show next episode, as I mentioned, is called Long, Long Time. It will be out on January 29th, 2023. Directed by Peter Hoare and written by Craig Mazin. Uh, so that's pretty much all I got here. So with all that stated, Mike, why don't you lead us out? Sure. Uh, thank you once again for listening to Rise of the Quarter Steps Infected, a Last of Us podcast. Uh, please tune in next week to listen to us talk about episode three, Long, Long Time, I think you said the title was. Indeed. 